0: he he wants us to talk to him. So if you think of a parent and a child, a child doesn't sit and contemplate how he's gonna to talk to the parent, he just talks, you know? <laughs> so you can just mm. talk to God. How do you find and keep hope alive? I will find hope in what Jesus Christ did can for believe. me. Do we believe? My hope is centered
1: totally, completely in Him. Do we trust? I have hope today because of what Jesus did on the cross. His, His hope, hope doesn't, doesn't change. His triumph in our triumph. I am so delighted this morning to have the opportunity to sit down with Ann Graham Lotz. Ann has been uh, such a hero of the faith in my book because, and you don't know this, I've never had the opportunity to share this with you, but over 20 years ago when you came to Charlotte, I believe it was, and uh, you taught how to study your Bible in that arena there, and that was transformational in my walk with Christ. So thank you for so long, having taught the Bible and helped disciple a lot of people along in their journey with Christ. I'm just honored to have this opportunity with you this morning.
0: Thank you, Carol. That's encouraging. And I, I love God's word and I love to, to read it so I can hear the spirit whisper to me, which is what you're talking about, that exercise that I took everybody through that I still take people through, actually, just removes the middleman. So you can read the scripture and hear God speaking to you through the pages. And it, it is transformational. So um, thank you for sticking with it, because there's nothing like God's word, especially in this crazy day in which we live. That's our foundation.
1: That is so true. And when I saw the latest press release for your book, I was so encouraged because I um, read the statement that you struggled with prayer. And that (laughs) encouraged me because I have that same struggle. Why do you think as believers we struggle with prayer?
0: (laughs) Well, prayer is hard work. You know, it's not, um, and what, and the kind of prayer we're talking about is not the kind of prayer we can pray during the day, you know, help me with this and help me with that. And Lord, you know, keep me safe on the road or and, but the prayer we're talking about is set aside prayer, you know, the, the kind of prayer that you get up early for in the morning and, and just have a quiet time with the Lord, or maybe it's at noon or maybe at night before you go to bed. But um but that kind of prayer I've struggled with. And I've struggled, um, and one reason it's work and I've struggled in three areas. And one is consistency, just doing that on a daily basis. It just seems our, our life is not geared to making time for the Lord. It's just, we go at such a fast pace, you know? And the, the second uh, area I struggle in is concentration. Just w- when I set aside that time to pray and I go to pray, it's like, then I'm thinking about what I'm gonna wear you know, tonight or what I'm gonna cook for supper or where I've got to go tomorrow, emails I've got, you know, just the distractions, the mental distractions are uh, just come at me like static on a radio, you know, station. And then the third area I struggle with is content, knowing what to pray. And so um, I I learned several years ago um, that if I write down my prayers, then it helps me with concentration and it helps me with content. And so I started writing down not all of my prayers, but some of my prayers. Um, and the little book that you've referenced, those are my prayers that I wrote not to publish, but those were the prayers I wrote you know, to help myself. And then, then I, I did decide to publish them because I thought if other people are struggling with prayer, then maybe when I've overcome my struggle, I can help them overcome theirs. And so this book, I, I want it to be a launch pad. They, they can pray these prayers, but the aim of this book is to launch them into their own prayer. So we put blank pages all throughout the book and so they can write down their own prayers, but sometimes to read somebody else's prayer helps you with your own thoughts. And, um, and so, you know, the, these prayers have, have been mine. They've, they've helped me in those three areas I struggle with. So I hope that they can help somebody else. You
1: know, I think one of the misconceptions is that because you're Billy Graham's daughter, that you wouldn't have the same struggles that an ordinary person has. But you have revealed in this book that 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 is, in fact, the case that you struggle with prayer. Where would you say if you were sitting down with somebody who is new in their faith, what would you tell them about starting their prayer life? If they feel like stuck and they just don't know what to do next, how would you direct them in their prayer life?
0: You know, one of the things um, I think that it helps to use somebody else's words in prayer So if you're new in prayer, and to remember this, Carol, that's prayer, you don't have to use King James English. You don't have to, um, you know, do it a certain length of time or at a certain, you know, be free. So you're talking to someone who loves you, who uh, gave his own son to, to be the sacrifice for your sin, to bring you into a personal relationship with himself. And so he You know, he wants, God wants to spend time with um, you, just like we want to spend time with him. So he'll he'll try to, he he wants us to talk to him. So if you think of a parent and a child, a child doesn't sit and contemplate how he's going to talk to the parent. He just talks, you know, (laughs) so you can just Mm. talk to God, but sometimes prayers um, in scripture. So the Psalms, David's prayers are ones that believers throughout uh, millennia have used uh, as their own prayers and to launch into their own prayers. You can read other prayers in scripture um, in the New Testament, Paul's prayers in Ephesians or Colossians or Philippians, uh, our Lord's prayer in John 17, his high priestly prayer. You know, you you can read those prayers and just, my mother taught me to put my name into scripture. So you can read those prayers, but if you tuck your name in, make it personal, and then maybe as you pray those prayers, you'll become more comfortable in voicing your own prayers to the Lord. And um, but it doesn't matter how they sound, you know. God God is not listening so much to the words; He's listening to your heart. He's He's listening to the intent of your heart. Your heart's cry, your yearnings, your longings, your fears, your hopes, your dreams. He's reading what's on the inside. So you can just spill it out in words, um, because then you have the confidence to know that He's heard, because you you've spoken it out loud, and, um, but he hears your, your silent prayers also, your, the cries in your heart, so I, I just say, for a person who's starting out, just start, take the first step, so for myself, I had to set the alarm, get up earlier in the morning, then my day started, so I could have time first thing in the morning, um, and the reason I do it first thing in the morning, the, one of the, my mentors told me that, uh, why tune your violin uh, when the symphony is over, you know, you tune it beforehand, so why? Mm-hmm have your prayer time at the end of the day when you've already messed up your day. So, so I have my prayer time in the morning. And, and one reason of course is because um, God called Moses to meet him early in the morning, Joshua to meet him early in the morning, Jesus got up before day met the Lord in the morning. So um, there's something about morning starting your day and, and you know, the time length, you decide what the time length is going to be. It can be five minutes. It can be 15 minutes. It can be an hour, whatever you're comfortable with. Um, And I do suggest that you have a particular place. And, and right now it's getting too cold to go outside. But uh, in the summertime, I'm down in Raleigh and it's warm enough. I can go outside and have that set-aside time outside. And um, and it just helps sometimes to change place. But but I keep all of my my Bible, my notebook, my pen, my glasses, my Kleenex, I keep it in a bag so I can move it if I need to, but otherwise, um, at this time of year, I, I sit beside the fire. And I have my things right beside me. And um, so I meet the Lord. I I have everything I need for my prayer time in a certain place. So I don't have to go scrounging around looking for it in the morning. Um, So for somebody who's just starting, I would say set aside that time, gather your Bible, a notebook, a pen. The Lord may, you know, when you read your Bible, he may be speaking to you and you want to write down what you think he's saying and a promise that he gives you or comfort or hope or, um, you know, so... I always begin my prayer time, Carol, with scripture, and I use the Daily Light, which is a little volume of scriptures, just scripture, morning and evening, compilation, um, and, uh, and it's readily available at the Cove Bookstore. You can get it online on Amazon. You can get it on my website, annbramlots.org, and and I read that first, and then so often uh, there are verses in there that I pray back to the Lord. So this morning, the Daily Light's portion was on peace, and the fact that God's presence goes with us and he'll give us rest. And I was praying for my son-in-law as he's taking a car trip today, praying for my, one of my daughters who's um, having some physical struggles and just praying peace, you know, claiming those verses, peace over my family. And um, so, or you can just take the Psalms and just begin your prayer time just reading a Psalm and then spring off of that to talk to the Lord about what you've read. But God, God is the God of the word. You know, so the Spirit of God works through the scriptures. And um so so I read my Bible or I read the word and he speaks to me, but then I, I talk to him in prayer and read back to him, so uh or talk back to him in prayer. So so it's a conversation.
1: Absolutely. And right now in our history, we're going through something that we've never been through before. And anxiety seems to be one of the buzzwords that I hear a lot of people, you know, saying, I have my my anxiety is out of control. I'm feeling anxious. And what would you say to the person who is struggling with that right now because of, you know, COVID-19 and heading into a new year and trying to wrap up this year and all the political unrest that we've had? How can prayer be a a solace for us as believers?
0: Well, prayer, you know, if it's, um, if we do it in a way that's meaningful, should draw us into the light of his presence and, um, and the, you know, his love casts out that spirit of fear. So I'll just use myself as an example. In the last five years, I faced death three times. So my husband went to heaven suddenly, my daddy left unexpectedly. We, Because of his age, we were expecting it, but not that morning. And then I had a, a life-threatening cancer diagnosis. And, But I can tell you, Carol, and this is being authentic, I was not overwhelmed with fear. You know, um, there are decisions that had to be made, and I wanted to make the right decisions and so I, I was um you know kept sort of on my spiritual toes in my relationship with the lord but but there was no fear and one reason is because i've settled my eternal life with god so when i was a little girl i was up up in the mountains and i had watched a picture of jesus on tv and when it came to the cross i believed he had died for me and i got down on my knees and i asked him to forgive me of my sin to come into my heart and i believe As a little eight or nine-year-old girl, it was Good Friday, I remember that, and I believe he did. So I was born again into God's family. And at that moment, I secured my eternal life, which not only is a personal relationship with God now, but it's heaven when I die. So the relationship that I develop with God through prayer and Bible reading and obedience and service and just living out what he tells me is a relationship that will never end. So it's not even interrupted by death. At death, the Bible says that a believer will not see death. So an unbeliever dies in a way that you and I will never die because when we close our eyes to this life, we open them to the face of Jesus and, and our faith becomes sight. So death is just a, it's an entrance into his presence. This fear of COVID underneath it, I think is a fear of death. We're afraid to die. We're afraid to get sick and die. And I'm not afraid of that. I'm not afraid to die. You know, <laughs> I know if I'm absent with from the body, I'm going to be present with the Lord. I don't want to die because I feel like I've got things to do and I've got a family that I want to continue to care for and interact with, but but I'm not afraid of death. And Jesus, you know, the Bible tells us that he took the sting of death away. He overcame the victory of the grave. And, and it says that all of our lifetime, we were subject, to fear of death. But now, because we've been saved, we have eternal life, we have a relationship with God, we're not bound by that fear anymore. And so for people who are desperately afraid, I think they need to take it to the Lord in prayer and just pull the fear out, tell God what they're afraid of, ask him to give them a verse, a promise, something they can wrap their faith around. And then you just trust God with your life. My, the days of my life are numbered. The Bible tells me that. He has numbered my days. And when my days are up, it doesn't matter. I could be lying in bed at home. I could be on the road. I could be in a hospital with COVID. I could, but when my, my numbers are up, I'm going home. <laughs> so you can't extend your life. You can't shorten it. You just put your life into God's hands and trust him. He's a good, good father. And his will for you is best. So you can just rest in his will and just trust him with the outcome of this pestilence. And yes, we want to be careful, you know, but I, I'm not one into mass and all that, but I'll do it because other people seem to feel they need that. And so I want to be respectful and keep a distance and wash my hands and, and all that. But, but underneath, it's not because I'm afraid, I'm just trying to be sensitive to how other people are. Um, but I know I'm fine. And I know if I get COVID and die, and I've got those underlying things, you know, with cancer and my age, I have the underlying things that would make me at risk and it's okay with me because I know my life is in God's hands. It's not in the hands of COVID or some virus or some hospital. It's in God's hands and I trust him.
1: Yeah, such a good word. Thank you for sharing that with us. Um, what would you say, and, and maybe maybe this is in the form of a prayer, I'm, I'm not sure, but as we head into a new year, after this year is gone and after twenty twenty is a memory, as we head into the new year, what do you feel like God is is laying on your heart to share with people, um, given what we've been through, and where we're headed?
0: Well, nobody knows where we're headed, and um, and the wonderful thing about trusting in the Lord is that He knows. So. We don't know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. And so um, I just encourage people to follow Jesus and one step at a time. You don't have to know where you're going. You don't have to know what next year holds. Just every day you get up, you read your Bible, you pray. You offer your life to Him that day. You live it out in obedience. Whatever He tells you to do, you do. Wherever He says to go, you go. Whatever He says for you to say, you say. <laughs> you know, and you just you just mm-hmm. learn to to live by faith and walk by faith and serve the Lord and grow in your love with Him. And um and then, you know, then the future will unfold as He chooses. But I, I do believe right now, Carol, and I will tell you this, and I will tell those who are listening. This is a time for God's people to pray because the enemy is on a rampage. There's a huge, huge battle in the spirit world. I can tell you that. And we're just what we're seeing on the streets, what we're seeing in the polls and the election results, that's just uh, like the tip of the iceberg. The real battle is going on invisibly in the invisible world. And I believe it's because uh, time is very short. I believe Jesus is very soon to come back. the enemy knows his days are numbered and so the enemy is going after not only god's people the fact that churches are shut down you know but it's interesting isn't it that that the devil can shut down the churches but then we've got zoom and we can connect and maybe the church right now is stronger than it's ever been because it's um it's at home and it's the way it started out an act sort of and um but at the same time we see the enemy coming after god's people and coming after our nation coming after Israel, coming after freedom. And, and I believe uh, almost what I see in the world, Carol, if I can be so bold, I see it as a setup for the Antichrist, this world reset, that's what that is. And so we're, we're right on the edge of the end of all things. And so it's a time to get right with God, to make sure that our sins are confessed, that we, we repent, that we ask the Lord to fill us and use us. When Jesus comes back five minutes before I see him face to face, I don't want to have any regrets. I want to live my life to the fullest in accordance with his will. So that, as Peter says, we would have an abundant entrance into heaven. Um, many crowns to lay at his feet. So this is a time to be alert and to be about our father's business, because I believe Jesus is coming.
1: Will you talk just for a second? Because I think um, a lot of people forget about the piece of prayer that is repentance. Would you talk about that to somebody who maybe is a new believer or maybe has never even, you know, really understood what that big word repentance means? Um, Would you talk about that and the role that it plays in our prayer life?
0: Sure. Um, The psalmist said that if we regard iniquity or sin or wrongdoing in our hearts, then God won't hear our prayers. So, um, So repentance is just turning away from wrongdoing. It's just stop those you know wrong habits and, and we need God's help. If it's a habit, you need God's help to, but he, but he will He's given you the Holy Spirit. So you have the power of God within you to stop doing those wrong things. and we turn away from the wrong things. and that's what repentance is. It's just an about face. and you've been living for yourself, you've been indulging in sinful habits. you've been looking at things on the internet or magazines or television, you should never. Be watching. You should. You're talking in a way that's um, not pleasing to God. Um, you know, there's so many things. And so, in the back of that prayer book, I put a list of sins that sometimes we don't think of as sins, but just uh, ones that God convicted me of. And it was several years ago. Um, you know, I, I hate to confess, but I was so superficial in my relationship with God that I didn't see the sin in my life. And um, and God had to show it to me. It was a very painful experience seven days he just revealed sin in my life that i didn't know was there and every time i opened my bible instead of being comforted or given a promise i was given a conviction you know he was revealing to me sin um that i had to confess and, and tell god i was sorry for asking him to cleanse me of it i know i'm forgiven because i've been to the cross but i need the sin cleansed and removed so i can be filled with this spirit uh, at the end of the seven days uh, he let me know through scripture that he was finished for that time and i felt um I felt released. I felt a freedom. I felt a a cleansing, a fullness of blessing. Um, It was very precious. And so repentance is just confessing your sin and then turning away from it. It's not just we can name a sin and then keep right on sinning. That's not what repentance is. Repentance is naming your sin, confessing it, and then turning away from it. And and the, the critical thing, even for our nation, Carol, is that Chronicles um, 7.13 says, when I send a pestilence, you know, then God says of my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, seek my face. And if they will turn from their sinful ways, if we would turn from all the wrongdoing, if we would repent of our sin, then he says, I'll hear their prayer. I'll forgive their sin and I'll heal their land. So I believe what's going on in America, um, one reason we're in such division and turmoil and anger is because the church really hasn't been the church. Can I just say that? And I mean the church, not the organized church, but individual believers who make up the church. And it's time for us as individual believers to get right with God, to ask him to cleanse us of sin, to confess it, turn away from it, ask him to fill us, and then use us in these last days. So, so repentance is um, sort of, I guess, a theological term or old-fashioned term, but it just means stop it, you know, stop it and turn away from your sin, and if you don't know what your sin is, you need to read your Bible, but the Holy Spirit will let you know what it is, so you've been talking, you know, trash, and then all of a sudden you talk trash, and you think, you know, I shouldn't have said that. That's the Holy Spirit, you know, and so you, you yield to the Holy Spirit. You don't talk like that again, or you're looking on your computer at stuff and and you've been doing it and you sort of have a habit there and you're just indulging, you think it doesn't bother anybody. And then you're looking at it and think, you know, I don't think I should be looking at this stuff. That's the Holy Spirit. So you just, you know, stop, turn off your computer. And um, so so the Holy Spirit will convict you of sin. Um, and he can do that through scripture. He can do that just through that check in your spirit. He can do that. It's most painful sometimes when he does it through somebody else. <laughs> and if it's a spouse who says, points out your sin or a child, you know, and that can hurt, but but we need to take it because God can speak to us through other people and convict us of sin that needs to be confessed, turned away from, that we might be filled with his spirit. Because in the fullness of his spirit, that's where the fullness of blessing is, the fullness of power, the peace, the hope, the joy, all the things that you heard about that the Christian life offered, but perhaps you're not experiencing. And one reason is because there's sin that you're harboring in your heart. And um, so you Confess your sin, turn away from it, ask the Lord to fill you, and then just you know, start reading your Bible, praying, living out what he says to you, and, um, and learning every day to, to get to know him, to love him, to obey him, to serve him. One day we're going to see him face to face.
1: I can't wait for that day, and you, yeah, your too. whole family has spent their lives telling other people about that, so I'm, I'm very excited about this book and about the opportunity to serve as part of your family's ministry. Um, How can we best pray for you, Ann?
0: Well, you know, um, just pray that in these um, critical times that I'll, I'll be right with the Lord, that I'll keep my, you know, what some people call a short accounts with him, that my sin would be confessed, that I would be filled with his spirit that I wouldn't miss anything he has for me. And sometimes, um, we can get tired and weary and, um, and, you know, it can take the sharp edge of our sensitivity to the spirit away. And I don't want to lose that. Um, and so I, I know also that, uh, the verse my, my mother put in my Bible when I was baptized was Jude 24 and 25, that, that he is able to keep me from falling and present me faultless before his throne. And, So I know that uh, when God knows in my heart, I want to stay alert and in tune and I want to be on the sharp edge of commitment. I want to be a part of the battle for my generation. I want to be standing at the end with the sword of his word in my hand and on my knees in prayer. And I want to be a part of what he's doing. But but when I get tired or I don't feel good, then I I trust that the Lord is just going to um, hold me up. But I would appreciate people's prayers for continued health I know, Carol, can I just thank people who've prayed for me because I'm, I'm really doing well. I'm two years out from my cancer surgery and, um, and I'm doing well. I still go back every three months, you know, so, so I just appreciate their continued prayers for, for physical health, but also for spiritual strength and renewal and that God would um, continue to give me opportunities to serve him in these critical days.
1: Well, I am so thankful for your ministry. Like I said before, it was uh, life-changing for me to have someone teach me how to study the Bible that way. So thank you so much for your ministry. We will continue to pray for you here. And we're just so grateful um, that you've taken the time today to talk to us. I'm grateful for this book. Um, uh, We want everybody to grab a, a copy of it, share it with a friend, because it is critical now that we pray and that we stand together as believers. It's it's been such a great time today. and thank you again for spending time with us.
0: Thank you, Carol. And and your audience is one that I love. This is my home territory. So um, I love your audience and pray God's blessing on you and everybody who's listening at WMIT.